You're listening to HVAC 360, live from the HR Expo 2020 in Orlando. Hey everybody, welcome back. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. I do that either by sharing information, specific lessons learned from the field, or talking with industry experts. And that's what we're going to be focusing on here today. Um, Usually, at this point in time, I encourage you to go over to the newsletter and sign up. Uh, You can still do that over at HVAC360.com. But today, I want to uh, encourage you to go over to YouTube Uh, Search up HVAC360, click on the channel, and subscribe. I'm trying to reach my first 100 subscribers, and I want you to be a part of that. All right, so what's up for this week? This week, we're talking with Michael Castro, who is the Training and Education Manager for HVAC and Commercial Business Systems for Bell & Gossett, a division of Xylem, Inc. So... I had a great interview with Mike, but you know I really want you to stick around um, after the interview because I'm going to do a post-interview interview debrief where I share some additional knowledge nuggets. All right, enough of this chit-chat. Let's just cup to the tape. All right, today we're talking with Mike LaCastro. We're actually sitting in the uh, Hyatt Regency across from the HR Expo, uh, taking some time out to uh, talk to Mike. Mike is the Training and Education Manager of HVAC and Commercial Business Systems with Xylem, Inc. Um, uh, Bell & Gossett is one of their divisions, and that's that's uh, what was Mike's, Mike is with. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me today. Now, tell me exactly what... Um, we're here at the HR Expo. What does Bell & Gossett uh, have? What does Xylem have that, that's going to be new? So this year, what we've uh, been focusing on is products that give you more functionality into a single product. So you're going to be seeing some of our products where now we've got uh, the new twin product where we've got the two rotating assemblies into a common volute system. We're also looking at the uh, ECM technologies. We've also got some product that now has the integrated variable frequency drive and in some cases has the pre-programmed options for control strategies already built in so we make it a little bit easier for the customer to be able to install the product to get it up and running and to perform as it needs to to provide the most energy efficiency control in that particular application. Now there's been a lot of changes in the pump industry specifically from the Department of Energy. Um, Can you touch on how these products are integrating with that? Sure, sure. So the Department of Energy as you know from a prior podcast I believe you did uh, about seven eight years ago announced that they were going to start coming up with a rating system efficiency rating system very similar to Energy Star for our home appliances for pumping systems. And so fortunately for us with Bell & Gossett, Bell & Gossett took that very serious right from the word go. And so they began to look at the design of the equipment, in which case to be in compliance with the DOE requirements. Now the key thing here is that as you know, the DOE offered two options for manufacturers to be in compliance with their efficiency levels. One was looking at the combined efficiency of the pump and motor, and the other was the pump, motor, and a variable frequency drive. So Bell and Gossett today, as we stand, as you know, the DOE standards just went into effect January of 2020. And so right now, currently, all of our product lines that are affected by the DOE standards are in full compliance. 
Now, I guess one of the things that uh, I'm ex- especially excited about talking to you about is that you were, in fact, in charge of the Little Red Schoolhouse. Now, this is a, a kind of a, a Bell and Gossett has been uh, doing this for a long, long time. I don't know exactly how many years. 1954 is when the Little Red Schoolhouse was first opened. But you had recently renovated it. So that, that's ta- correct. Tell me about some of the upgrades that have been happening with the Little Red Schoolhouse. Sure. So, um, you know, first and foremost was certainly the cosmetic aspects, you know, uh, some, some new paint, some new flooring, etc. Uh, we've enhanced our audiovisual capabilities now. So we have the ability to run WebEx seminars right from the schoolhouse. We can do live broadcasting in that way. We can do training in a method where we can do um, you know, other uh, social media aspects from there. Um, our live demonstration systems have always been there, but now have been upgraded with some new technologies, both in control and product. Um, we also now have completely renovated our entire mechanical space, such that what's heating and cooling our building. And so now what happens is our mission was that no matter where you're standing in the Little Red Schoolhouse, there's a learning opportunity. And so we take students in through the mechanical room and show them all the equipment and how it's working. And so what it does is it gives us an environment now where we take from a PowerPoint presentation, we can get them out of the seat, put them in front of a live demonstration, and now show them real time how the control valve as it opens and closes changes the speed of the pump or how the pressure changes when a pump goes on and off, et cetera, et cetera. So we've created an environment now that's aesthetically pleasing but also has the functionality to give people the opportunity to touch things, turn switches on, what does it do? And so that environment now has given us the opportunity to take not only young talent that's coming in, new engineers, new contractors, but also some of those that have been in the industry for a while who maybe are, need to keep up on the latest technology. Um, so, so the environment in the schoolhouse right now allows us to do that. So now you've gotten the, the, the technology there. Um, now talk about some of the people that you have working at the, uh, the schoolhouse, like yourself and some of the other instructors. What, what sort of uh, you know, range of um, backgrounds do they bring to the table? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. So myself personally, uh, I come from the field. I was a Bell & Gossett sales engineer uh, rep for a manufacturer's rep organization for 18, 19 years. I've sold everything they make. I've started it up. I've troubleshot it. I've taught on it. We've done it all. My part, the other instructor in the schoolhouse comes from the product line manager background. He's actually been a product line manager for Bell & Gossett for about 19, 20 years, and now currently is in his fifth year as an instructor here in the schoolhouse. So the nice mix between the two of us is that no matter the nature of the question that we get, whether it be, well, why is this pump built this way, or why out in the field am I having a contractor asking me these questions, one of us has the answer for them. And so by having that diversity, our point is that we want to make sure that when a student leaves, we've answered all their questions and we provided them as much education, not just on the product and the application of the product, but how the industry works so that we make them a valuable asset for the company that spent the time to allow them to come and spend three days with us at a class. Now, what are, what are some of the classes or what are some of the concepts that, uh, say, younger engineers have a difficult time getting their head around or, or, you know, necessarily lacking the perspective of how something works? Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is that many of the young students that we have coming in, let's say the newer generation to the industry, uh, they're coming well equipped. They, they really do have a good fundamental knowledge. 
Um, a lot of what we do is we take that bits and pieces and we kind of bring it all together for them. So what they're able to, to learn is why I would use this pump and not that one, or why would I use this particular valve and not that valve? And so the idea is, is that some of the basic concepts, uh, point of no pressure change, very big one, uh, until you see it, it doesn't really register. And so having the live demonstration in the schoolhouse where we can show them pumping into the point of no pressure change versus pumping away, that's a big eye opener. Okay, so that's just one thing that, that sticks out. Variable speed control. There are so many advances in variable speed control today. And as you know, ASHRAE 90.1, we're right now, anything that's five horsepower or greater should have a variable frequency drive on it. But you have so many methods, censored or sensorless. Where do you locate the sensors in a censored system? Things like that. Those are uh, a lot of the, the information that the young students need. They understand the concept of a VFD, but getting it to actually work in a real-life environment in a particular system is where we can really assist them, and that's exactly what we do. Now, you have, uh, do you have examples of a variable primary, primary secondary setup in the, in the schoolhouse? Is that something that, that you can demonstrate for them? Uh, we, we can. Now, right now, currently, we, we have a lot of the uh, variable, uh, I'm sorry, primary secondary. Um, we do zoning, so you can zone with valves, you can zone with pumps. Um, currently, right now, we are in the process of doing some updates to our variable speed system to also show variable primary control. But we're still a few months uh, away on that. Now, I guess the the other concept that at least you know, growing up as an engineer, that I have a, a you know hard time, you know, kind of wrapping my head around, is the fact you know it's a, a series and parallel pumping. So, is there a like a demonstration? How do how do you bring that to life um, in the in the schoolhouse atmosphere? So, so we do have a demonstration to show that we have configurations set up to put pumps in series and also to put pumps in parallel. And the key to drive home is, is understanding that parallel is more flow, same head, whereas series pumping is same flow, more head. And we try to get them in a rhythm of being able to kind of re regurgitate what I just told you in the same fashion, which helps them. Um, and then, of course, in our training programs, we also talk about applications where you might want to do series pumping. And we also talk about that the principle can be used in a single product, as an example, a multi-stage pump. A multi-stage pump is just that. It's taking a bunch of impellers and stacking them one on top of the other, called stages, as you know. And so it's the principle of series pumping to create the same amount of flow, but whatever the pressure is needed. So we have all those examples in the schoolhouse and also in the training curriculum as well. So what, what kind of uh, sessions, training sessions, can, can people expect? I mean, is it pretty much um, one size fits all where you go in there and you have a, a, a certain process or you have various different, uh, you know, multi-day courses, same day courses? What, I guess, and, and how, do, how would you sign up for, for something like that? How, do, how does somebody get, uh, you know, from the outside get involved with the Little okay. Red Schoolhouse? Great question. So first of all, the structure of the schoolhouse is we have seven courses that are currently available. And we have our Modern Hydronics Basic course. We have our Modern Hydronics Advanced course. Our basic course starts with small systems, more of a residential-based small circulator applications. So most of our attendees in those courses would be uh, maybe your wholesalers, your smaller residential contractors, or light commercial. Our advanced class gets into the commercial systems. Now we start talking about larger pumps, the affinity laws, trimming impellers, and whatnot. 
Then we have a design and application class. Now that's our first step in hydronic systems to getting into various design structures and some basic control strategies. Then we move into the large chilled water class. Now the large chilled water class is our most advanced class. Now we really start talking about integrating with heat exchangers and free cooling and all of that type of stuff like that. We then offer a steam course. We are a steam company as well. So we have a steam design seminar. And then we have a plumbing design seminar. So we talk about the plumbing world. So domestic water pressure boosting, recirculation. Of course, we talk about you know, control of you know, Legionella, stuff like that. Um, and then finally, we have a service and maintenance course. So now we can appeal to our service technicians, bring them in, and actually have them tear down and re-put together some pumps, understanding how seals go in, et cetera. Um, what's new this year that we've introduced, and we'll actually be rolling the program out in 2021, is we have a gasketed plate and frame heat exchanger now in the program. So they'll be learning how to tear one down, change the gaskets, put it back together again. Also, um, the replacement of a bladder in a, in a bladder-style expansion tank. While that's not a common issue, the day that you have to do it, having that knowledge is going to save you an awful lot of heartache and grief. I've done it personally, so I know. In terms of registration for the courses, so this year we launched a new registration process. We actually have a site, and so the students can go to our website, www.bellandgossett.com. They go under training and education, and then they can see the course schedule or the courses that are available. They pull that down. They find the course they're interested in, and right there it can say, apply. They click on the apply button, and we give them the registration form. They fill all that information out. They hit submit. It goes through a review process by their local representative. Once approved, they're added to the course. We re they receive an email in response saying, welcome to the course. Here's the dates. If they require a hotel, we make the hotel reservations for them and provide them a confirmation number. The great thing about this program is, looking into the future, is we're going to take all of the course content and we're going to actually put it into the registration site. And so after the student completes the course, their credentials allow them to access all of the course material at their leisure at a later date. That's excellent. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that not only, you know, from a standpoint of learning the whole process, it's a, a lot of times it's a lot to digest at any one time, but being able to go back and uh, use it as a reference um, is, is certainly, you know, valuable. To, to and, and that was the, the intent. We want to be sure that the students don't leave the schoolhouse and then forget, you know, what we taught them, but then certainly also we want to make sure they have access to all of that reference material because our objective when they left the schoolhouse is that when they go back to their employer, they are now able to, on a daily basis, be a productive individual that can design systems the correct way, which ultimately saves costs for everybody involved and has a happy owner in the end. Excellent. Now, where is the Little Red Schoolhouse located? So the Little Red Schoolhouse is located on the property of Bell & Gossett's manufacturing facility in Morton Grove, Illinois. So, and again, that is the original location. In 1954, the schoolhouse was built there and still today is in that location. Now, just for some geography reference, Morton Grove is close to Chicago? So, yeah, it would be uh, north, northwest of Chicago. Okay. North. So if you're traveling in and you're landing at, say, Chicago O'Hare Airport, right. you're about 20 minutes away from the airport to reach our facility. Excellent. Um, anything else you'd like to cover? Well, you know, I think what's important is, is that, you know, what we're looking at is we want to make sure that people recognize that when they come to the schoolhouse, our focus is on system design. And one of the key things with the schoolhouse is that we do not market or sell Bell & Gossett products. That, that's not our job. Our job is to educate on application and system design. 
And that's been our premise since 1954 and what we're doing today. And we encourage whether you are a young engineer just getting in or if you're somebody that's been around for maybe five or ten years, there's still a lot of learning left to be done, and we have the opportunity to provide that for them at the schoolhouse. Now, as far as the webinars, is there anything uh, you've kind of established right now, um, or is there a way that people can you know, go and sign up and, and, and get notifications? What, how, how would people do that? So there's a couple of different avenues that we have right now. So as, as you and I had talked about before we went on the air here, um, we have an e-learning site as part of, a, of our program. And so students have the ability to go onto our site and register for the e-learning. And the e-learning is a series of modules that could be anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 minutes long. And at the end of these modules, they have a, a test that they take. And if they score a 70% or better, we issue continuing education units. So you have the ability to earn some CEU credits without having to physically come to the schoolhouse. Okay? Now, as I mentioned to you also, is right now the schoolhouse is still by far our most heavily demanded training that we offer. Um, but in terms of webinars and whatnot, yes, what we do is we reach out through social media. Um, we're heavily involved with ASHRAE and the Hydraulic Institute and those means. So we put that information out there. We give people the opportunity to register in advance. Um, typically right now we are on a schedule where we're doing webinars sometimes once, twice a month. Um, we try to keep the topics fresh and relevant to what's going on in the industry right now. Um, but that is, again, all available to anybody that would want to access it. All right, perfect. All right. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet with me and talk about uh, the Little Red Schoolhouse and what uh, Xylem and Bell and Gossett have to offer. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me, Matt. All right. Thanks again to Mike for taking the time to chat with us. Check out some of the show notes uh, for links and things that we mentioned over in the interview. Um, some of the other stuff that we can kind of expound upon uh, that was new for the AHR Expo. I know we kind of covered it real quick there, so I'll link it up in the show notes. That Those show notes can be found over at HVAC360.com slash 150. HVAC360.com slash 150. Um, now, for my additional knowledge nuggets. So... I guess some of the uh, things that are important to note, uh, Bell and Gossett does something special in their naming system. Um, we didn't really touch upon it too much, uh, but they do, anyone that has been uh, certified with the DOE, and remember that's only select pumps of a certain size, uh, not the smallest pumps, um, and not uh, some of the other you know huge pumps, but what they had, have done um, is they have put an E in the name. So I guess, for example, a Series 1510 is now called a Series E 1510 base-mounted end suction pump. All right. Also interesting to note that not a lot of the manufacturers or not all the manufacturers are really taking the same tact as Bell and Gossett. Um, there's probably a few out there that are it relying on the increase of efficiencies with drives and motors, things that have been going on from you know for for years, uh, they've t taken that improvement, coupled it with their pumps, and therefore qualified to meet the minimum efficiency standards. They really haven't done anything with their pumps. Um, however, Bell and Gossett 
again, has not done that. Just, just It's something to be wary of um, when you have a manufacturer that really requires a drive to be mounted with their pump. That may be a flag that goes off in your brain thinking that, hey, maybe they haven't done as much as they could to prepare for this. And again, it might be something that's coming down the pipe and they just haven't prepared, you know, right now, but just be aware of that. Another interesting thing that uh, came along, and you know, we're talking about different things being uh, applied to pumps, different different features being added. Uh, one of the features that he talked about um, that is st- being start, you know, starting to be applied to pumps is putting in a vibration sensor. Um, and what does this do? This actually is one of those uh, devices that allows you to identify a pump uh, when it starts failing, uh, if there's something wrong with the pump. Um, maybe it's just, maybe it hasn't been balanced. Maybe it's, it's from day one. Or maybe some of the bearings are going bad and you have these terrible vibrations going on in your pump. Um, not all pumps have this. This is not like a, you know, a typical, it's not standard on pumps. Uh, but it is something that if you have a facility that may need uh, that type of information. Maybe that's something that you talk to your local manufacturer's rep about to see if the pumps that you're specifying have that as an option. Something else that I found very interesting. Um, and, you know, because, you know, pumps with VFDs mounted, you know, coupled together isn't really a new thing. And he talks about that. But one of the things that I found interesting is that um, a lot of it, you know, if you have a um, a system that doesn't require a differential pressure, it just does it all internally based on a pump curve, based on a uh, a set um, you know pressure uh, chart, pressure line, so to speak, uh, pressure curve or a system curve rather. Um, that kind of assumes, and I guess one thing to keep in mind is that that assumes that there's not going to be any changes to that system curve. And if you have a system, a large system, that's kind of dynamic, um, the difference between having you know a three-way valve or a two-way valve shut off close to the pump or far away from the pump is going to make something, uh, make a dramatic difference. So again, um, if you have that VFD coupled with the pump, that's running, um, that's just an additional thing that you want to make sure that uh, you cover. And lastly, I think that uh, a couple of the things uh, that I want to touch on with the schoolhouse, I don't think that they were mentioned, um, was the fact that the schoolhouse is actually not too far away. It's really adjacent to the manufacturing center. Uh, so a lot of times you're able to kind of learn something and then go take a factory tour and actually see that in place. So there's a lot of stuff in the schoolhouse itself, but to actually get to take a tour of the facility, see how the pumps are made, interact with the people making the pumps, uh, the artisans making the pumps, is really kind of cool. Um, also, another benefit is that when you go to the schoolhouse, a lot of times you're going to have a a bunch of different points of view. You, you might have a manufacturer's rep there. You might have a contractor, an engineer, uh, maintenance staff, all in the same uh, room. And it's really magical when you get that kind of scenario together and it's not, you know, everybody isn't put off uh, or put at odds with each other because they're working on a particular project and there's good guys and bad guys. If you're on the same room trying to learn, um, you get a lot of different points of view. So, you know, getting that schoolhouse atmosphere 
just kind of kicks it up a notch. All right. Well, those are some of the knowledge nuggets that I wanted to share with you. Um, and I just want to appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it was, you know, the best way to do, um, the best way, thing to do is you can share this episode. Um, or, you know what? I mean, share one of your other favorite episodes with somebody that you know. This is by far the best thing that you can do to spread the word about the podcast. Uh, for those who want extra credit, um, three simple asks. Again, go to my YouTube channel, click on the link, hit subscribe. I'm trying to grow that uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, go over to HVAC360 and sign up for the weekly newsletter. And lastly, I would be greatly honored um, if you would consider me consider leaving me a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. All right, well, that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. Hmm. <laughs>